0: Welcome back to the Team Early AF Podcast. This is Bill Kepke uh, diving into the 2022 Seasonal AF lineup. Seasonal and fun. It's all about the intersection of fitness, health, and food, and of course, the great outdoors. So we're uh, we're diving into the Maple episode, just like we do every year. The cyclical nature, or cyclical, uh, yeah, I should say nature of nature, right? Uh, the heartbeat of the trees, the maple sap's running, we're getting outside, spring's on its way, the thunder has arrived, cycle of storms and maple sap flowing, so uh, we're back in the studio, like studio studio, not even just virtual Zoom Zoom studio, but the real studio here at Create Portage County. I'm joined with my uh, friend Jeremy Solon, who's been on all of the Maple episodes, we're um I'm also joined by my co-host, my uh, partner in all things BHA podcast, Kelly Van Beek. She's a backyard tapper, as, uh, as Rissa and I are. You'll find more about that, what that is, and how you can get involved in this episode. And once again, these, these seasonal AF episodes are all about, you know, what, what are we... How are we looking at food here locally, regionally? How do we uh, fuel our gains, our performance, our health, our fitness... A lot, of the, a lot of the things I cover are just things that get, get a bad rep in the fitness and wellness space or they're misunderstood or people just are not aware of uh, regional local options or what that looks like, what seasonal eating looks like, how we can go about embracing the outdoors, embracing uh, all the awesome options we have for food here and wellness in the Midwest. So that's what the, that's kind of the, the ethos of these seasonal AF episodes. Hope you enjoy this one. We're joined by uh, Chris Munson and her daughter, daughter Rio Greendeer. Uh, they tap their sugar bushes at the Crescent Moon Sugar Bush, uh, and Chris is going to dive a little bit more into kind of what goes on there with the Ho Chunk and Oneida cultures, how they view the sugar bush, how it, uh, how that maple syrup makes a. Uh, Makes A showing in her household. So, hope you enjoy. I had a lot of fun chit chatting with all these folks as we head into spring and the the busy busy sap season. Uh, thank you to everyone that supports the podcast via Patreon. Can do it without you. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the support. Thanks for the people that register and sign up for their uh, virtual remote at home training, the REC program, which is. My take on a seasonal approach to fitness. What does training look like right now in the uh, colder months? How do we prep our bodies for spring, summer, fall, that kind of stuff? So, what what does that look like now? And it's it's uh, I love it. It's a good approach to training. I've I've been coaching and doing the sports medicine thing now, combo of that for over a decade. And I, I used to beat myself up pretty regularly with fitness and. All the usual stuff that's out there—the bodybuilding, the powerlifting, the CrossFit-style training—and for a while, I, you know, I'm in my 20s and I got a sore back. I just don't feel—I was strong, but I just didn't feel great. Had this kind of like constant ankiness and I've—I've uh, uh, I've dabbled, figured some stuff out, come up with my own kind of bill—bill bill philosophy for training—and a lot of that has to do with just what I love doing outside how I how I view nature seat the seasons the cyclical way that we go through Midwest living and that comes out in the training and how I program and how I coach and how I view health wellness and fitness and I gotta be honest 32 body feels great um, you know I'm not at not necessarily at the leanest I was ever at but I've got a pretty good a pretty good really good uh, relationship with food I don't Beat myself up about food choices. I enjoy wild game. I enjoy local food. I enjoy uh, occasional treat here and there. I drink a little bit, and I feel good about all of it. I don't, I don't torture myself with fitness. I'm not abusing my body, thinking I got to burn calories and all this other nonsense. Uh, so, if that if that interests you, uh, hit me up through Patreon or through uh, social media streams and. We can uh, see if that kind of programming is what you need as well. So, workouts during the week, a little educational material, a lot of content I've produced through other podcasts on there as well. And yeah, I'm I'm excited. Been getting good feedback, and I'm happy to share it with more people. So hit me up if that interests you. And once again, thank you to everyone that supports the show on Patreon. Shout out to Schultzy Family Beef. Uh, they're out of Humbird, Wisconsin. Direct to you. The the eater, the consumer, as it's called in the in the grocery business, but you know the the what you really are is you're part of the family when it comes to uh, local farmers, and they're working hard every day. And um, we're we're fortunate in this area to have access to farmers like the Schultze family, and they the, like I said they've got direct to you uh, beef boxes. They've got some other products where they've partnered with other local farmers pork products chicken products and it gets shipped to you in this awesome box recyclable cardboard recyclable corn packaging and they've got all different kinds of options to customize it they got a monthly box check them out it's awesome it's uh if we're not getting meat from wild game or a local farmer we're hitting up schulzy family beef for what we've got what we're uh meal prepping for the week so check them out awesome stuff cannot recommend them enough and big supporters of the podcast we appreciate them all right here we go seasonal and fun the maple sugar bush episode enjoy well here we are uh 2022 it's the first team early af food podcast and uh if you've, if you've been following all of my podcast exploits, I'm joined, on, this is uh, my friend Kelly Van Beek's first Team Early AF podcast, so welcome Kelly. She's- uh, So she's, pumped. Right, so pumped, just like the BHA podcast, so pumped. <laughs> I message her and I'm like, Kelly, you have to come on. You're just another night
1: in front of my computer with Bill, what else could I possibly want?
0: Because exactly. I'm not there in person. <laughs> So Kelly's the only other person I know that taps in their backyard, under ten taps.
2: We have a friend
0: <laughs> pretty weak. To you You're now. gonna have to introduce me to them.
2: Well, she's a front yard tapper
0: though. Okay, yeah, front yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly, yours is the backyard, right? Yeah, it's in the back. Yeah, we're still we're still backyard tappers. So I've got, I've got five silver maples that Marissa runs our sugar bush. Like I was messaging Jeremy on yesterday, uh, was just getting some outside input on how we were going about it this year, some modifications Marissa was making and we had some questions. So we've got five silver maples we tap. Kelly, what's what's your maple situation look like?
1: Uh, a, a very round number of one tap in my backyard Norway maple that on a good year gets me two pints of, of syrup, which is plenty for me and plenty to share with Bill every once in a while when he comes down to visit. Yeah, I almost expanded to two a couple of years ago, you know, a big jump to two, there's a Norway maple in the neighbor's yard, but now I have new neighbors that I've never, I, I you know, I can talk on a podcast, but I will not go next door and introduce myself to my neighbors. So maybe don't come with next to me. I'm like, like a crotchety old person that never talks to the neighbors. So I have not, I have yet to ask them if I could also tap their, tap their tree in the backyard. So my friend of mine got me into it a couple years ago. He tapped quite a bit. I don't know how many trees over by Eagle and he sent me the, well he came by the house one time with everything I needed, except the, um, except I use a five gallon bucket. Cause you know, I get so much, <laughs> I get so much sap from my one tree. I gotta throw five gallon bucket out there <laughs> to catch it all. And then I usually just uh, bring it in. Um, if it's not cold enough outside, I'll bring it into my garage fridge and put it in a different five gallon bucket. And then about once a week, polish her off. If I have enough, <laughs> usually I do. Turns out okay. Bill's had it.
0: I've had it. It's edible. I like it. Mm-hmm. I've eaten it on sandwiches. What else? Whiskey. That might
1: be it. Whiskey. Oh yeah, I put it yeah whiskey.
0: Yeah, um, whiskey. So yeah, Kelly, thanks for joining us on this podcast. So every every year we start the podcast. It starts with fitness in January, the whole resolution thing, and then as we ease into spring, focus a lot about. We'll start to focus on food, gardening, hunting, that kind of stuff, and always want to intro it, start it with maple syrup, or I should say maple sap season. I think this is the third or fourth so. time we've done this. I
3: think, I think three. But. Yeah,
0: yeah, third, third season now. Jeremy is uh, joining me in the studio for the maple episode, and I've got Chris and Rio as well joining us today. So, um, with that, what's uh. We'll give it to Chris and Rio. Have, this is their first time on the Team Early AF podcast. It so, really is. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. And uh, Chris is also one of my um, deer hide tanning mentors. So cheap, cheap fingers.
2: We have some people <laughs> cheap, cheap fingering at this moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're smoking tonight? They're smoking.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to drive by your house just so I can, so I can so smell good,
2: that. I can get a little whiff of it right now,
0: even. So, Chris, uh, pull the microphone up and... Share with us your, there you go, your maple, your maple story.
2: Yeah. So, and Rio will kick into Rio's my daughter, um, and we. So I grew up in Moon, Wisconsin, which is kind of by the O'Plain Reservoir. It's outside of Moline. Um, Not too
3: many people can say that.
2: No, not too many. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, I grew up in Moon, and it's out in the country. We had horses. There's a little plot of woods that we played in a lot. I got stung by bees. I got you know injuries that I don't even remember anymore. But uh, it wasn't until six years ago, maybe seven years ago, so I am long not living there anymore, (laughs) but my parents still have the property. And my Spanish teacher, Senor Hoover posted on Facebook. He lives kitty corner from our place that uh, he was done with the season. Like he could not boil down any more sap. He had reached that point and he offered up whoever messages him on Facebook you can have a 55 gallon garbage pail full of sap and I'll tell you what to do with it. So I looked at John and I'm like, what do you think? He's like, mm-hmm, sure. So the next day after work, I picked up a big old tub of sap and took it home. We live right downtown Stevens Point or in town Stevens Point and. Uh, we had a turkey fryer, so, you know, it seems like that's a good way to get started. So we had a uh, sap from senior Hoover, also a moon resident. And, uh, we boiled down for the first time in our backyard on a turkey fryer, finished it up in the house and we were, uh, hooked yeah. by that. I mean, addicted <laughs> to maple sugar.
4: I yeah. did have to deal with my ridicule though. I was, I wasn't a fan of the maple boiling at first. I just. Made fun of them for it.
2: She (laughs) continues to at times. She will also remind us. So the next year, like we're hooked now, right? We got to do this ourselves. We're in moon, there's maple trees all over the place. And we, you know, go to Fleet Farm, grab a few spiles, a few bags, drill a tree, and we're waiting for the sap to start (laughs) rolling. And there's nothing. so we still put the spile in, we hang a bag, we go to the next tree and we drill. It's like, maybe it's like, not the right time. It seems like it's kind of late in the season, but whatever. Um, and that was it for year one. And it turns out mm. ash trees do not generate
3: sap <laughs> like maple trees do. That's not so good at sap production. Yeah. No. So
2: that was a great learning curve, which she does not let us forget. No, yeah.
4: but it's called maple syrup and not ash tree syrup. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's that happens. how we got started.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah,
2: and now we're <laughs> up. It's like every time, you know, spiles are sold in packs of six, and the bags are sold in packs of twelve. So you got to do the math and work the fractions. <laughs> but we end up, we made lots of trips to Fleet Farm when we looked around it's like mm, there's still like a lot of trees right <laughs> in this area that we could tap. It's like we can just run down the fleet and mm-hmm. go get some more. So yeah. I think we're up to about one hundred now that we'll we tap oh, nice. and we're we use the bags and the hangers and schlump through the woods and um, we're pretty low technology. But high calorie burning.
0: Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the workout. Well that that's uh, kind of what i love most about maple season and think getting us thinking about food so looking at it from the health fitness wellness standpoint um the amount so, so much of sugar gets uh, a bad rep right now and those kind of spheres like the health fitness wellness um, and it's not so much it's the sugar it's everything that leads up to it, and like you were just talking about, the, the high-calorie burning, the lifestyle, and when we're talking about um, local, um, perennial, indigenous, if you will, food systems, right, like you a lot of work went into doing this, uh, the traditional ways, be it um, getting the firewood, making the fires, hauling everything. Um, I forget the the gentleman's name that John... Uh, put me in contact with up in Michigan, but mm-hmm. the man that does it all by hand tools, everything's made out of oh, wood. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. When you Is watch that Kevin Finney, yes, okay. when you watch Kevin do it at that level, um, it's very high calorie burning. Yeah, <laughs> all of the hand tools and whatnot. So, um, and that kind of gives you a, a greater appreciation for the for the maple sugar, for the maple syrup.
2: Yeah, I think with anything that, if you're putting your heart and soul into whatever you're doing, all of a sudden there's worth to it that doesn't have the same dollar equivalency that you get when you walk through a grocery (laughs) store. Um, And that's true whether it's art, whether it's a deer hide, whether it's maple syrup. um, But that's why those, I think, handcrafts and the more the more sweat that goes into (laughs) it, the more worthy it is. And even in thinking about food, so we've been able to, because we've got syrup now um, and with some of the syrup, we'll turn it into sugar. And when we're baking, you know, all of a sudden it's, what am I making? Who am I making it for? Where is it going? Like, what scale are we cooking at? Am I going to use the white sugar? That's up in the cupboard that's been sitting there for a while, or am I going to use the maple sugar because it's for somebody that I love? <laughs> you know, so. Um, but even that, when I think about you know how I've cooked with, you know the the store sugar, the refined sugar, um, if I put in a cup or a cup and a half, it's kind of like okay, whatever. This stuff was ninety nine cents. If I'm cooking with maple sugar, all of a sudden I'm really thinking about much sugar needs to go into this <laughs> to still give it right. that kind of sweet flavor. And even my own taste for things has changed to the point where I don't I don't like the flavor of refined sugar anymore. Um, and so it's not something I'm even craving because I don't think it tastes
0: good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, Bill, you have no idea how, luck, how lucky you are that you got any of mine. It's such a <laughs> valuable commodity to... I guess you could use the word love. Maybe I love you. That's why you got that's why you got to have some money. But yeah. no, but honestly though, like when you have when you have so little like me, mm-hmm. uh, it's precious. It's a and it's a story. like we were talking about that that morning when you had it. So uh, you can tell the story when you have it, which is super fun. It's what I wouldn't spend hours doing it <laughs> if there was like yeah. no, no pretty uh, significant connection to these yeah. couple pine jars.
3: Yeah, maybe I'll tag on there. Just like one of one of the cool parts of the story to me, <clears throat> related to time of year, is all the all the trudging through the woods is like my favorite part. I think um, because you're in the woods at a time when the forest is coming back to life, basically. So you you know start out, you know, usually snow cover, um, not a whole lot going on. The trees are you know frozen. You know, you know maybe maybe a chickadee flits by, and that's about it. And then through the through the season, you just have everything <clears throat> coming to life, and chipmunks out, and sandhill cranes returning, and everything coming back. And so that the the part of kind of the energy expenditure of it is also like that connection to that place, and kind of understanding what's going on there, and being part of that that process, and that um, this you know all the all the story that goes with that. And I think. To me, that's what a bottle of maple syrup is—is is like all that experience, and <clears throat> and hopefully people get to be part of actually doing that. But regardless, they get to have you know a little flavor of of that experience and get connected to that place, whether they're physically there or just you know getting to use the maple syrup. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a pretty a pretty amazing kind of time of year and and experience. Still, my favorite time of year in in so many ways. Um, And yeah, it's the thing I love about is for me, like I have to be in the woods like you don't have a chance when the buckets are full and, you know, need to be dealt with. It's not like you can just be like, oh, I'll deal with that tomorrow. It's just (laughs) not an option. Right. So you have to be there. And there's uh, a
2: responsibility to it. Like once once we tap a tree, like we have a responsibility now to that tree that it's being well cared for. And so if we're tapping trees and we're not able to use all the sap or, you know, we are negligent or, you know, we let things go too long. Like that's I feel guilt around that because now I'm not using this gift that I should be using in a in a better way. So it like keeps us honest (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And we're on a whole nother schedule. Right. So you know, whether it's school schedules and what time classes get out or work or what have you, it, that is to the side because the trees are flowing and <laughs> right. that's what dictates the schedule.
3: Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. That's so it. funny. Oh, go ahead. Funny
1: story. Yeah. Funny story that relates why I like to be outside at this time of the year and fitness that I used to do and a story about Sylvester, which we've talked about Sylvester on the VHA podcast. Sylvester, my dad. Growing up, this was the time of year where all I wanted to do was go outside and um, shoot the basketball. And my dad would be like, oh, you really gotta wait, it's, the lawn's too muddy. He didn't want me to go on the lawn when it was muddy. And so now when I go outside in my backyard to go check that bucket, there's a little bit of mud around the tree. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm in the mud outside at this time of the year, so. Uh, and the, it's probably not very strenuous physical activity for me to drag my bucket back into the house, but um, I'd still shoot a basketball if I had a basketball in my in my front yard this time of the year. My rubber boots on, but yeah. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> for sure. What about you, Jeremy? Do you do you and your dad have any? Uh, is there is there conflict? Is there? <coughs> Uh,
3: I mean, we are father and son, so yes, (laughs) there's some, there's some, but generally uh, we do, we do really well together. Um, I think the interesting part of it to me is like, I mean, we see each other a lot and talk to each other a lot, but working together is a different thing, right? So it takes it takes a readjustment (laughs) so usually the beginning of season we're all like trying to figure each other out again and like running into each other and getting frustrated whatever and so that happens for a few days and then we kind of find a groove and you know are are good um but it there's definitely an adjustment there and then you throw you know our kids into it and then that's another dynamic of um you know just trying to get everybody working together and understanding the the routine and what needs to be done and not wanting to have to constantly tell everybody what needs to be done, but <laughs> helping them anticipate things that should be done, you know, all done. Um, but that. But that's also a great thing. I mean, it's, it, again, it's different to be together in a space and just kind of hang out than it is to work together. That's a very different relationship. And, um, and that's an important thing for me too, to have, have that relationship with my parents and for, uh, to help you know establish that relationship between our kids and and their grandparents, so that's a you know another really important part of it for sure. And then it's except for the last two years, uh, generally a big community experience, right? Like people want to come out and hang out and cook around the sit around the fire while the saps cooking and check things out so it's um you know you get to do all that with other people too which mm-hmm. is which is fun so i'm looking forward to that this spring for sure
0: and that's happening when was i forget I, it all yeah, blurs the, together yeah
3: that was uh that was three years ago i think is that
0: 2019
3: 2019 yeah so that was uh that was a crazy thing. Hot uh, dogs
0: cooked in maple sap is still now my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: so the tapping should have been, you know, like the perfect spring weekend in the woods with a maple-themed dinner and all of that, and instead it snowed. It was like that huge snowstorm, <laughs> which happened the week before the tapping. It was like 30 inches, and then it got warm. And then the day of it just rained the entire day. I want to so, talk about mud. I remember the mud that yeah. day. it was it was crazy. <laughs> and we this is one of the like most intense experiences I've had because we had like, I can't remember sixty, yeah. 70 people coming out for dinner. We changed our minds on that thing like four times throughout the day. So we like got up in the morning or like, I don't know if we can like make it happen in the woods. And we had a backup indoor site uh, at the town hall, which is not our ideal, but we're like, yeah, maybe we can do it. So we like got everything set up, and then it just like kept raining, and we're like, no, we, there's no way we can do this. Like, let's go figure this thing out inside. And we got there, and we're like, no, we really <laughs> we need to do it outside because this is not the thing we're thinking about. And then I called the a friend of ours who was the caterer, he was bringing his Airstream, brand new, like to him, Airstream catering setup, And uh, he was running behind. And for some reason, I'd never asked him how long the trailer was. Cause I just imagined like a little food truck and he's like, it's a 24 foot trailer. And I was like, 24 feet, how do we get that in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I talked to my dad and he's like, I'm like what's the chance we get it in the woods he's like in one piece like zero there's no chance I'm like all right we're gonna do it in the town hall <laughs> so i mean we had everything set up two times actually and so it was that was a crazy day yeah but it ended up being fun but it was, but it great was yeah it was crazy it was a lot of fun you know, hot dogs cooked in sap oh, so good. good cocktails mm-hmm. fire
0: mud Yeah, mud Brought, brought my dog, which was a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't for him; he had fun. Yeah. I had fun, but he was muddy. Yeah. Um, what about what about in the Crescent Moon Sugar Bush? What's what's the family dynamic? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can pull the mic to to Rio.
4: Um. Well, my dad likes to make sure that things happen in a very certain way.
0: I'm gonna. So Rio and I have rendered bear fat together. And I thought we were—I thought we were doing a great job.
4: I thought so too.
0: And John was home for all of—what do you think? Thirty seconds?
4: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> we weren't doing it just fine. Yeah. This might be a dad thing. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. I don't know. It's just like go to that tree in forty degrees northeast, exactly twelve feet into the woods, and I'm like. I don't know where that is. (laughs) We do
2: have different coding for the tree. So there was was one tree that had fallen down, and so that's the Widowmaker. And that kind of makes the north-south cut of the... (laughs) east part of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Black Beauty and she's like a massive producer in the back corner. So there's like a combination of scientific north, south, east, west, cardinal directions and then great little landmarks in the woods too.
4: He can explain to me which way is north, south, east, and west as many times (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I don't know which way. One thing I really <laughs> like
2: about Crescent Moon is that it's in Moon, which is where I grew up, and so um, my parents also really like sapping season because it means um, us stinky old kids are going to come <laughs> hang around for extended periods of time, so Mom and Dad get all into it. and. Dad's got a tractor that he'll drive around and haul us back and forth. Sometimes it turns out, you know, because it is the season of the trees, it's not really, they don't care when we get off work or (laughs) anything. Um, So I work in Wausau, live in Stevens Point, and Moon is kind of halfway in between. So plenty of times I'll come home on my way from Wausau, swing through Moon. It's usually dark by then, and I'm out emptying bags and filling buckets and taking over to the larger collection areas, and so we'll do some night sapping and collections and stuff like that, and my dad will drive the tractor out and shine the light on, and (laughs) he likes that part of it. But um, yeah, we've been out night sapping a few times where it's Mm -hmm. been cold and windy and
4: I like the part where I can go into my grandparents' house and watch movies and eat cookies with them (laughs) while my parents are out (laughs) in the cold. (laughs) So there's that.
3: There's that. Uh,
4: (laughs) And there is, there's definitely that
2: social aspect because we'll have, um, you know, friends will come over. We're helping people kind of learn about it. our neighbor down the street. She'll come up and help out. But um, there's definitely that community and camaraderie and hanging out. And... Kind of think about it with um, like when the, when we do beadwork, whatever we're thinking about gets put into that piece. So mm-hmm. it's like important to have good thoughts and um, think about like if it's for a person that you're thinking about that person. And I think the same thing happens with the maple syrup, like all mm-hmm. of that energy that's happening around the whole season is what gets put into that final product. And that's what makes it so awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite part of maple syrup season (laughs) in your your sugar Uh, bush?
0: (laughs) In in our sugar bush? um, Marissa, she's the supervisor, the overseer, the sugar bush queen, if you will. Um, I get relegated to hauling five-gallon buckets. That's my job when I'm home. Or uh, I didn't fully read we, we use a turkey a turkey deep fryer as well to cook outside. Um, I didn't fully read the box. There's an emergency shut off on the one I bought. You have to push a button every 15 minutes. That so that's,
2: your
0: yeah, <laughs> so I'm out there. That's my job, pushing that stupid button. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of dog training, a lot of reading. I shoot my bow, because you can't do much in a 15 minute window. It's not like you can go inside or like, really do anything away from that deep fryer so yeah it's just a lot of uh, outdoor activities to keep myself entertained I have the cable John gave me for working hides so I think I might just work the neck a little bit this year when I'm <laughs> when I'm working a little sack so I gotta I gotta get in and get my two deer hides I've got in the freezer I gotta get those bucked so I can Throw that into my yeah, outdoor. Yeah. But yeah, it's really just a list of activities I do while it's cooking, and I have to push that button every 15 minutes. Yeah. That's
3: yeah. it's good, because otherwise, uh, <clears throat> I'd guess you'd walk away and come back to like char on yeah. the front. Right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah.
0: 100%. The,
3: the button may be more for your attention purposes than the emergency shut off? Without a doubt. <laughs> Rissa maybe particularly engineered
0: that one. I like, think so. You I think have to be here yeah. every 15 minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed. Now that I think about it like that, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. more sense.
1: Yeah, because yeah, mine doesn't have that build. Maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. Rissa just, just did that to you.
0: I think it's just it's it's like the gas tanks. Like you get newer gas tanks that, yeah. they and they got it. that safety uh, nozzle on them yeah. that you just spill gas everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the, that's the it's the turkey fryer equivalent yeah. of that. That's kind of
2: like the portable heaters that if they get tilted too far they just shut off.
0: Yeah, so you move it and it shuts off. Yeah. <laughs> is, again,
2: when doing deer hides,
0: oh yeah, you gotta you gently move it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Maybe this year you can train your dog to press the button for you. That would be Ooh. fantastic. Press.
3: I don't think he's that smart. Which he's one smart. would you do? Which one's more likely? The wiener dog or Django? Neither, neither
0: of them. <laughs> the wiener dog would just not listen and continue to nap. And Django would forget just as much as I do. <laughs> I need to get Bagel. I need to get Rio's dog. Oh, maybe. He could be trained to do it.
4: He might knock it over though. Yeah. Out of excitement. He gets excited.
0: He does. So we've, you we both were down in Madison. Right, is that where you were for the? Saturday? I'm going next. You're going next next week, week yeah. And mm-hmm. John was there. John last was week. there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: What what's what's going down in Madison with maple syrup? Uh, well,
3: Dan Cornelius is teaching a food sovereignty class, mm. um, UW Madison, and so they do a whole bunch of things. John, I think, was they were, did some spearing and. Yep,
2: he was down. They were on down by the DeJope Hall, and. Um, put a hole in the ice to spear some fish and then Dan also got a deer mm. um, and so John was showing how to get, take the hide off and how to cut up a deer and then he also brought some of the bison that he had prepared and so they were cooking bison nice. out on the ice oh. yeah it was very it's very indigenous yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. sounds pretty fun. Well, Kristen, can invite?
2: I I wasn't down there. I did <laughs> so, did not get in. Oh. I know sometimes we get iced out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
3: that's yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, oh, very. And then I think the the sugar bush that he has is on the arboretum grounds. Mm. So, wow. I'm not sure the status if they've tapped yet. I assume they have, but um, so anyway, we'll be out there doing that. As part of part of the class, so should be should be fun. That's
2: sure. pretty cool. I wonder how like, I wonder how much this is taking off because UW Platteville. Yeah. We were down there, um, and John and I talked to a couple of classes mm-hmm. that are now taking care of a sugar bush. Yeah, on really university property, and yeah, so it's kind of cool.
3: It is mm-hmm. for sure.
0: So you're. Jeremy, your recent podcast I was listening to, or the radio show you were on, Hmm. you said it was less than a percent of maple trees? In the state, yeah, yeah, that are tapped. Uh, We think somewhere around, like,
3: less than half of a percent. So, I mean, we have a lot of maple trees. Yeah. Um, Or, like, what I like to think of as Sugar Maple Nation that runs from... You know, essentially central northern Wisconsin down into the Driftless a little bit, but then up into the UP and across. Um, so, sugar or I should say maple forests, primarily sugar maple uh, forests, are the most common forest type in Wisconsin. Um, and yeah, so we have a lot of a lot of trees, and we do have a lot of people tapping. We don't really know how many mm-hmm. thousands. My guess is like seven to ten thousand people in the state. Yeah. Um might be more than that, but somewhere in there. Um but yeah, just a tiny tiny fraction at this point. Um Vermont is somewhere around I think they're like one and a half percent of their trees. Oh wow. So it's like three times, but they make a lot more syrup than than we do. Um which we we need to address. Yeah. <laughs> for sure here we are
0: i want to get i'd like to get more people at the gym or just in the fitness community tapping tap or health wellness fitness tapping trees making their own maple syrup um i know so we've had taps come into the gym a few times during workout times and kind of talk about maple syrup Give samples. I've got. We've gotten quite a few people hooked on maple syrup at the gym.
2: That's not hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not at all.
0: And the fact that it's actually it's a slower burning carbohydrate source. So when we're right. talking about uh, sugar, it's got a lot of the electrolytes, vitamins, minerals. Yep. Uh, Jeremy and I talked to my friend Dr. Rebecca, who's a nephrologist. So she works. That's her 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 whole shtick. And um, she was actually surprised at the amount of electrolytes in it. And I I push it at the gym. So if we have a hard cardio or interval day, I'm talking about maple syrup. I have it in the refrigerator when people have low blood sugar at the gym. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm giving people a spoonfuls of maple syrup. Um,
2: You're better than Mary Poppins.
0: (laughs) It's what I push, push, which which also comes back to Kelly's story. She had to give me maple syrup because I'm an addict. And she knew if I wouldn't get it, Bad things would probably happen to me. I'd get the sweats and... Right. <laughs> yep.
2: After we got going for a couple of years, for my, my birthday is in April, and so one year for my birthday, John presented me with four shot glasses. We have not... John and I have never drank alcohol together, actually, because he quit drinking before I even started dating him. That's um, great. I didn't
4: even know that. No, no.
2: Uh, I wasn't going to get so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I continue to drink though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we do not drink. There's no alcohol in the house. But that uh,
4: like seven year old bottle of wine from one of our neighbors. Okay, <laughs> someone moved and they gave us <laughs> that. It was, like, up in the top <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah. Um,
2: but we have shot glasses for our maple syrup, and nice. so we'll do shots of syrup. And then when people come over, like sometimes we'll host students coming over to the house, and we'll do shots of syrup. Oh, mm, good
3: stuff. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it's fun too to like taste and see the difference between you know syrup from different places, but then also just year to year, like how much mm-hmm. variability there can be. Um, and we were we've what three maple syrups out uh tonight um and just the color difference everything it's Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty fun so i'm a i'm a huge fan of doing shots of maple syrup (laughs) oh yeah for sure from a you know quality control standpoint Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's right
0: yeah there's there's pocket syrups for when i go to (laughs) so the 9 a.m group at the gym they're the the retired folks and we do breakfast club once a month. So we go to a different local diner in, in the Stevens Point area the first Friday of the month. So it's actually coming up this weekend, and I bring pocket syrup, and then I share with people because yeah, they think I'm the weirdo, <laughs> but then once they have regular maple, they've had actual maple syrup instead of the table syrup, it's a game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went up to, I was at Trees for Tomorrow in Eagle River for yeah. the Wisconsin Outdoor Communicators Association this past summer, and I brought pocket syrup. Everybody uses it all. When I got up to leave the table, my pocket syrup was empty. I was pretty sad about that because it yep. was a two-day event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you gotta have kicker. You yeah, have I, I was syrup.
0: Right. improperly planned for that one. But it, it. I guess coming back to the, we talked about the idea of syrup as a gift, right? I, I, I know it's big as a gift in your house. We gift it. Kelly gifts small samples <laughs> to the people she has come over. Um, what does that look like in your world, Jeremy? Because maple maple syrups this this gift. It's also uh, a business, a flagship. You know, you're you're supporting your family, and you're also supporting the <laughs> the land ethic mission you have going with tap maple syrup.
3: Right.
0: What does that look like in your brain?
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's
0: interesting, right? Um,
3: in some ways, I would say it's it's weird as a product to sell, right? But we're in a system where, an economic system where that's kind of how you have to function. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so the thing that that kind of makes the most sense to me is like we're we're using that gift from the trees as a product to sell that allows us to take care of that land and connect people to that place. And so, not just our family, but everybody who buys syrup or you know experiences any part of that process. Um, and so that you know generates some income for us that allows us to make sure we you know pay taxes and all that kind of stuff and and can keep doing what we're doing, um, and gets it out to a kind of wider wider audience I guess. Um, but it yeah it's uh, to, I think it's it's hard from a business standpoint because it's products in a in the marketplace are treated as. Just that, right? It's just a product, and so we've worked hard to try to counter that and and you know tell the story of where this comes from and how you make it and all the things that we've been talking about. Um, and also, you know, you're trying to make all of that work <laughs> from a business standpoint, and at the same time, like the most important thing for me is like the health of the trees and the connection there and so that balance is often kind of hard it's like you it it's so easy to slide and you can see how this happens in our current economic system where it just you can slide into that kind of commodity mindset of like we just need more and more and more of it right mm-hmm. um and i don't i don't ever want to feel that way but you can feel that pull um and so to me it's always like trying to keep that connection and um I know health kind of focus throughout that whole whole supply chain and process and all of that. Um, And even when you start talking about that, like supply chain, that's it's a dumb, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stupid way to talk about things, right? It's not. It's like a tree giving something to us, right? Um, And then processing it and all of that. Um, So anyway, it's a it's a challenge in a lot of ways to like maintain that balance. Play in the system that you have to, and try not to uh, too much. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're succeeding or not, or you know, I'd say we're still trying to figure things out. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And I I think one of the things that we do related to that is our our sugar bush is fairly small from like a commercial standpoint. We we tap about um, last year. I think we we're about seven hundred. Maybe we'll get up somewhere like a thousand taps, um, and we still do it by hand, so buckets and and all of that uh, for the reasons talked about before. And that I don't think we'll get any bigger, um, but we work with our neighbors and other people who kind of share the same values, so that we can help them do the same thing, generate a little bit of revenue, and stay connected to that place and keep their land in forest, and then. Um, you know kind of be the uh, consolidator in a sense like bring those syrups together and add value to them mm-hmm. um, and and sell those so that's our, that's our model to try and make sure we don't get too big and to like lose that relationship and also help other people to kind of build that relationship potentially so um, try to do that on both sides mm-hmm. on the kind of maple tree maple sap syrup uh, side of things and then the consumer side of things which I don't really like that term the, <laughs> the eater uh, side of things yeah. right um, so yeah it's it's interesting no, <laughs> yeah. and fun and so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. trying to tell the story is the most important thing um, like we'll Again, my favorite time of years, like actually being in the woods, the vast majority of the business side of things is not that. It's like I'll be in the kitchen tonight. <laughs> after, after we leave here, I just came from there. Um, but it's the the tapping of the trees. And one of the things that we've uh, started doing is doing a, a ceremony at the beginning of that and you know, giving thanks to the trees and getting people on the land and that um, – for so many people, is uh, you know just not how they think about things, and mm-hmm. so just cr- creating that experience um, and showing gratitude, I think is is really important, and then trying to carry that through the rest of rest of the business uh, is what we're trying to do. So, yeah, I like it.
2: Yeah, that constant gratitude is like. where it's at. right? And I think from a like, because I'll also buy tapped maple (laughs) syrup and consume it. Um, But one of the reasons why is because because there's a connection, Mm -hmm. right? And because I know you and I know your family and I know a little bit about, you know, where the syrup is coming from and that matters. And I think more and more and maybe I think this was happening before the pandemic, but certainly through the pandemic, It just seems like people have a greater awareness or a desire to either be able to produce food themselves or know at least where their food is coming from. And it just seems like there's a lot more conversations that go that way. And one thing that you shared, Jeremy, and I think it was an article that um, got posted, but there was reference that healthy maple syrup production comes from healthy maple trees, Mm. which comes from healthy forests, which comes from diverse forests. So like that is something that just sticks with me and that the more we can keep putting our energy into creating diverse environments and whether that's human diversity or if it's the environment and what's happening in our woods diversity, I think that that just makes things stronger all the way around. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I appreciate you and all the stuff you do, <laughs> <Yeah. mean>, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah. Cheers we're, to we're that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the um, the gratitude piece, I mean, is is incredibly important. Um, and I like to think of it like the reciprocity of that, right? Of like the we're obviously getting this gift from. From trees and the to tie back to the diversity, like how we how we care for that forest, obviously is is important, right? And so, the, I mean, and, and earlier you mentioned like the uh, energy that you put into something has an influence on what that what that is, and I think that goes all the way back, right, to to the land and and all of that. And I would say that's, I mean, I in some ways, you know. I was lucky because I was uh, raised in that way and I've always had a strong connection to the land, but there's also still so much to learn and, um, kind of continue to develop that relationship and understand what's going on there. Like you you know, you can't just, uh, in a, in a year or <laughs> in a decade, even like fully understand what's happening in a forest. Um, and so that's a that's just an ongoing relationship that um, that you need to have to to better understand what's going on there. So so hopefully that comes through in our maple syrup. That's that's the goal. I
0: like it. So I got I got two two lines of thought I want to touch on. So I've 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 ha- been fortunate enough to have a handful of meals in the Munson Green Green Deer household and. We've touched on storytelling and sharing gifts and reciprocity, and that's that's what every single meal I've had at your house is. It's you know maple syrup, wild rice, venison, John doing something magical on the grill, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I, I know you mentioned uh, students coming through, and I know um, like you and your mom, you've done a lot of work when it comes to. Um, native mascots in school and stu- sharing your house with students has been a big part of your um, your work. So I guess where does where does all that storytelling and family and maple syrup all fit together?
2: Hmm. Probably in what you just said. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, I think um, that makes me feel really happy, first of all, because <laughs> when I think about our home, I, you know, growing up in Moon, too, in our house, um, there were oftentimes People hanging out and friends of friends that stayed at our house, and it was a warm environment and it felt like a safe place because it was a safe place. Um, and so, when I was a college student at UW Green Bay, there was an advisor who worked with the Native students, um, Bernadine Viju, and she was like a second mom to me. So when I started working in higher education and even when I was um, in K-12 system, I knew what it felt like to not really be sure of my surroundings and being away from my home and what it felt like when someone reached out and kind of created that that second space <coughs> and, and place to be comfortable. So when, um, you know, we have had a, for as long as John and I have been together, I think people that come into our home are family, and so we really try to keep that alive and want to make sure that the people who are coming over understand that we, you know, we have an open house and want to make sure people are taken care of, and food is a really oh, big, man. important part of it, you know. <laughs> like, how do you, I don't know, maybe this. How do you show you love people better than feeding them? Mm -hmm. Right. And so for humanity's sake, I think that we spend a lot of time and energy and thought about helping people feel safe and secure and knowing that they're in a healthy environment and to be able to experience that. Mm. And so maple syrup is, is a piece of it all, (laughs) I think.
0: For sure. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then Kelly, you you've you know you worked for the Department of Natural Resources, did a lot of land stuff. Um, what is what is the what is your maple tree and maple syrup do to you? Like your, your view on the land?
1: I find it so cool that I'm have this real this unique relationship with my backyard. I mean, I think backyards mean a lot of things to people. Um, growing food from from my backyard is very important to me as you know bill i mean my garden is important and i and being able to share what i get from that and feed myself with that is really important to me that i can draw something from this little piece of land um i don't i don't know how else to describe it besides that it's uh it's having having a relationship with us with a particular space is is very important to me and it has been my entire life whether that's been family property and now you know this little backyard is uh just brings me as a certain connection that you can't you can't get anywhere else um one one line of thinking i've been mulling over my head as we've been talking is um spring is such a spring is such an interesting time. it's like this time of endless optimism about the year to come and I am and I'm mostly not an optimistic person as bill knows, but spring always brings out these feelings of um, the excitement of what's of what's to come and um, so to be able to be out enjoying that through this this kind of activity is it just puts a whole different spin on spring and um, as an as a person who's built a career around natural resources, One of my concerns thinking about that too is how the springs we've experienced to this point in our lives are changing will change you know into the future and what does that mean for activities like sapping um you know and how concerned jeremy are people in your world of business about how concerned are we about um losing some of some of these areas where we have been able to have this you know something so basic as a as a freeze of thought that is you know, gonna, is gonna le- legitimately disappear from some of these spots. And just the, uh, just how different we experience spring as a result, um, the, just thinking about the weather we're gonna get this weekend and how typical has that been in the past? And what does that mean moving forward for these really unique uh, connections that we've had, these ancient rituals that we've had, the literal pulse of spring <laughs> as, as a resource moves from the ground to the tree. Uh, something I I think about a ton um, and I'd be curious what what other folks here tonight have to think about it as well
3: let me start or you wanna go
2: I'm thinking about like just the it's there's so many cycles inside of cycles right so um, we're Ho-Chunk and Oneida household and also German and English and Scottish and Greek and some other things. But as far as worldviews go, very much um, seeped in Ho-Chunk and Oneida worldview. And part of that is being really attentive to the seasons. So whether it's hunting and um, or gardening or when it's harvest time, um, when the first thunders come, like there are all these cues that happen that kind of let us know we need to be paying attention to certain things. So like for Oneida, this, I guess it's a couple weeks now where a storm kind of came through and people started posting on Facebook, it's like the thunders came, (laughs) like we can go tap now. You know, so like there are certain things that happen that tell us it's okay to go out and tap now or that, you know, put the tobacco down and start, um, you know, talking to the maple trees and making things happen. Um, and I think that those connections and kind of that relationship between what's going on in the environment and what's happening within the human ecology of things too is really fascinating. Cause I think something like, I think it's really normal to go out and Talk to trees, and in the summertime, I wonder—it's like, do they get kind of lonely because we stop <laughs> coming out there all the time? And like, I should make sure to walk through the woods and say hi to them, and you know, keep keep the conversation going. Um, but I think part of that is also like when we're attentive to what's going on in the natural surroundings, that we're almost hyper aware when there's differences, and so kind of remembering to take some long-range views of what happens in addition to what's happening year to year. Um, and by all means, there are plenty of changes that are happening large scale <laughs> that are, you know, making things look very different to what was happening here compared to 20 years ago. But um, but I think it's important for us to pay attention. And the closer we are, again, connected to how we live and where our food comes from, and how how we heat things and run our vehicles and all of that, um, the more we know where things are coming from, the, I think the greater responsibility we have to take care of what's around us.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. The, <clears throat> I'm gonna go back to the Thunderers for a second because um, it's one of those, one of those things that always amazes me when you like, you know, our have an experience and are like so into it and then someone points something out and you're like oh my god I never I was I don't know how I missed that you know kind of thing so I was fortunate um, to get to spend some time with some Oneida elders uh, for a while as part of uh, my graduate uh, studies and one of the conversations we had was about and I'm sure it was like we were together in probably February or March and and one of them talked about the thunders and the start of maple syrup season, and I was like, huh, that's that's interesting. And then every year since then, it's like, oh yeah, now the season started, we had a storm like a day ago or two <laughs> days ago, and now here we are. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, all of all of that, that knowledge and history uh, and lots of paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, produces good observations right Right. (laughs) and useful useful information Um, so that's one of my favorite things now about spring of like that timing between those things that uh, you know people have noted for a long time Um, yeah and then yeah things are changing I mean the the thing that strikes me like my my own experience um, my dad and not that you know spring has always been a time of change, right? And inconsistency and the shift between winter and summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so not that there was ever like a a date at which things happen, it's always fluctuated, but my dad always talked about like, kind of early April as the tapping time. And so when I, and growing up, thinking back to growing up, that's primarily when we tapped trees, was uh, somewhere early April, maybe occasionally the end of March and now I mean I haven't started tapping in April for I don't know 15 years (laughs) a long time anyway it's all now we're early to middle of March at the latest like we're we're starting to feel it's kind of (laughs) late you know it's (laughs) like for us it's gonna be another week at least and we're like oh wow this is kind of a late season like late season relative to the last 10 years but not to you know, a generation ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, lots of, lots of shifts there. Um, I, I mean, we're lucky, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be, you know, south of the Great Lakes at this point and thinking about making syrup in 20 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, in a lot of cases, I actually, I was just reading at one time indiana was the number one maple syrup producing state in the country no kidding. and now they i mean they're hardly have a season yeah <laughs> there's just not much there it's four I mean. days yeah right <laughs> um, and so okay. that's that's pretty crazy um, and well i mean we'll be all right i i think if, if you think about the upper part of the great lakes region where we are um, things will change but that I think we're we're good for foreseeable future at least the trees aren't gonna get up and walk away mm-hmm. um, but it it things are gonna be continue to be different and what one of the things that that the some of the research is showing that's a little bit counterintuitive um, that is kinda of fascinating to me is actually that there will probably be less sugar in the sap in the future because of warmer conditions um, and the extended growing season which if you, think of, if, if you think about where sap comes from, it comes from trees catching sunlight and converting uh, water and carbon dioxide into sugar. So a longer growing season, you'd think maybe it would produce more sap and more sugar, uh, but actually the kind of photosynthetic process maxes out uh, with temperature and throughout the season, but the tree keeps growing. So actually they're use, they are end up using more of their sugar. And so in the future, we're likely to see lower sugar content, um, which again, isn't, you know, isn't a huge deal for most of us, um, but it means more work. <laughs> um,
2: more wood. Yeah, more wood <laughs> and all those
3: things. And then a com- and at a commercial scale, it makes a difference, you know, mm-hmm. how many, how much sap you have to collect and all that. But yeah, there's like all those kind of counterintuitive things that play out that we, and, and things that we don't recognize. Uh, or understand yet. I mean, I think my biggest concern really is invasive species. Like yeah. warmer, you know, warmer uh, winters is going to let a lot more things kind of survive here. Like all the the uh, critters that are in southern or central U.S. Uh, will be able to you know tolerate winters in the future, and that's that's concerning. Just like what that means for forest health as a as a whole. So, yeah, it'll it'll definitely be different.
2: I do always appreciate the couple of weeks that drop below, like the really yeah. cold, <laughs> right. twenty below, thirty below. Yeah. This year we didn't really have a super long snap of really yeah. cold weather, and
4: yeah, school never got canceled. <laughs>
0: That's right. Most importantly, yeah, I like it. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everyone. Before we log off, though, Kelly, I forgot to ask you, what hat are you wearing today?
1: I didn't. Uh, I didn't do very much to think about the hat because that's like a. I don't want to. I'm running out of hats, Bill. So like, if we keep doing BHA stuff, I didn't. I'm like, can I can I repeat a hat? But I do have this the steel hat on tonight, which says "kiss my axe and steel chainsaws trees." The best connection I can come up with. I was just telling Bill though I don't have a sapping hat, but it's probably my. I mean. Yeah. Probably one yeah, be- of my beanies hat. that I've been throwing on to <laughs> when I'm out in the morning, but uh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: Bill, how much is a gallon of water weigh?
0: <sighs> That's a great question.
1: Eight some, yeah. eight some pounds. Yeah. There you go.
3: Yeah. How about a gallon of syrup? Yeah. How much sugar is in a gallon of syrup?
1: Yeah. It's
3: mm-hmm. About... A uh, th- little over three pounds of sugar In a gallon of syrup So a gallon of syrup weighs about 11 pounds Really?
0: Yeah Dang yeah. I just learned something today so you As think you're about calculating that, right.
2: What you're running through the woods mm-hmm. And as you're hauling your Two five gallon pails around Yeah 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 That's why I was a little snarky when John got the (laughs) 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 six-gallon. What are
4: you doing with six?
3: Yeah. Mm This this is a quick story. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite ones from uh, over the past couple of years. Um, Because we collect everything by hand, there was three three years ago, we got into the situation where I couldn't get up to the sugar bush, and for whatever reason, all the guys that where all the people that are helping out weren't available one day where the sap was running. So, my dad, who is what he's he'll be he's 70 this year, so he's like 67, 68 years old. Um, I mean, big, big, tough guy, like stronger than I'll ever mm. be, never was, but he collected all of our trees, uh, one day, and I it was like, uh, essentially like what, 3,000 gallons, 4,000 gallons of sap, which you, you begin to do that math. It was like 10 tons of <laughs> sap that he, like, lugged out of the woods that day. I was like, what? That's crazy when you start doing that math. We're like, mm-hmm. whoa. Then he's like, yeah, I was pretty tired at the end of the I'm like, you should have been.
0: Like, I don't know. I, went, I couldn't have done it. it your, was, your dad's a different, he, he lives at a different frequency. We, <laughs> yeah. we meal deer hunted with that man for a week. And then he went on to elk hunt with his friends for a week, yeah. and they all what they would you say they packed out three elk yeah, in the span so, of yeah. a couple of days, right. a bunch of sixty and seventy year olds.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's he's a different different kind of cat. <laughs> um, but no, thank you all for coming on the podcast. Kelly, thanks for helping me co-host your first team early AF episode. Thanks for having me. Bam. Yeah.
3: yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. with uh, maple sap season.
3: Here we go. <laughs> soon